0: Abide with me, abide with me.
1: This is the Influencers Network podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig. I'm the executive director for Influencers Global Ministries here in Bentonville, Arkansas. And I'm uh, back with our founder, Rocky Fleming. Welcome, Rocky. Thank you. Uh, took a few weeks to uh, interview our guy in Tulsa there about um, a very concerning topic about pornography. And, yeah. and uh, I've had quite a bit of feedback. People people listen to that. And yeah. uh, it's an issue that we can't ignore. It's it's yeah. out there. and uh, yeah, It's big. Yeah. And so it's... Uh, Again, uh, as we, with all things, we think that the answer is to be found in Jesus and through an abiding relationship and through the Holy spirit, you know, who can help us conquer mm-hmm. those things. So, uh, but, uh, I wanted to get with you Rocky this morning and, uh, and we as we we never really know what we're going to talk about do we we just kind of see what's hot on our spirits and and maybe topics that are coming up or issues that are we're challenged with or whatever yeah. and i maybe i'm maybe i'm mindful of this because we're about to have another dna summit with our ladies in a few weeks and we're going to be trying to help them the ladies all over the country understand this thing that we call dna right and it's a word that maybe we wear it out but we can't. You can't do it enough. I don't think. because I read a book years ago by Craig Groeschel it called "It," and he was talking about that some churches have the "it" factor and some don't, or whatever. It's kind of what he was saying. But one thing he said was, a lot of church members don't even know the mission of their local church. Like they couldn't state it if they, if you asked them what's the mission of your your church, they wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. And he said that he thinks every good organization needs to be reiterating what they're all about all the time. You know, and so. So I thought today we might reiterate what Influencers is all about okay. and, and what is this DNA that we talk about. Maybe we can try to put some words around it. So, so let me just start with this. Why do you why does Influencers exist? I mean, why, why do you think this ministry exists and what is our mission from your perspective? I can know uh, how it formed. OK. And then maybe
0: we can answer the why question there. OK. It, it formed because of something missing uh, within myself, and others that were believers, but they were missing something. Uh, and, I, and I think it's it's more of um, what was missing was not the knowledge and the theology. We had all that down. we have been st- students of the Bible for a long time. But there was something missing in the emotional connection that we have with our Creator. Uh, and I didn't understand that until I began to understand better about abiding in Christ and how that— that takes me to an intimate place with Him, and then when I got to that place, then I began to see what I had been missing, I personally. And then the next step was that Lord said, "Okay, now there are a lot of people out there like you, and so show them what I've shown you." Mm. And so uh, the the same the similar the, the same situation would occur was occurring in these people too, and that is something was missing. And then when they began to go with me on this journey to intimacy with Christ, then they began finding what that was missing. And then all of a sudden we, we began to see that this was a missing link in so many Christians. Mm. In fact, the majority, mm. the majority of Christians know about Jesus. They believe in Jesus. They worship Jesus. They know that he is son of God. He, he sacrificed his life for them. And through, through him, they have salvation, but it stops there. They don't realize that there's more to this relationship than just acknowledgement.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It has to do with friendship. It has to do with oneness. Uh, it has to do with meeting a, a deep emotional uh, gap in our hearts that, was, that needs to be filled with that relationship with our Creator. So that's where it began it began in my life it began in other people's life and we began to share that with others and then the ministry was formed around that that dna the dna is getting a person into an intimate relationship with christ Mm -hmm. so that's the first thing right there that's Mm -hmm. our mission it's vertically oriented and it's grace driven so we feel like we're in partnership with the holy spirit who's helping people identify the fact that they got something missing Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and I do feel that the scripture that, that Jesus said, don't cast your pearls before the swine. He was talking about those people that don't have that uh, yearning in their heart. Well, you're probably just going to waste your witness. You're going to waste your time. But partner with me, and I'll show you the people that are open to what I want to give them. And so that was built on that. That's the next step of building a ministry based on joining in a partnership. With with the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. uh, partnership with the Holy Spirit to get people to an intimate relationship with Christ. So there's two DNA uh, components right there mm-hmm. that began this. Mm-hmm. And then from that standpoint, as you know, one of, uh, of our, one of our big messages is personal abandonment, absolute trust. Mm-hmm. Now what does that mean? It means lordship. It's in essence, it means is He our Lord? Mm-hmm. And I'm not just talking about acknowledging him as Lord. I'm talking about, is he your Lord? Mm. Is he my Lord? Mm. And if he's my Lord, what does that mean? Well, that means that he has the rights to me. I sign over the rights to me. Paul talked about him being a living sacrifice. Mm. Uh, and you know, he says, I've been crucified with Christ, and no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So there is an abandonment of the rights to ourselves to Jesus Christ in order for him to be my Lord. Mm. Because as long as I hold that back, I'm my Lord. Mm-hmm. As long as I look at life as, well, this is mine and that is his, and I'll give him what he's due and I'll keep what's mine, we're, we're establishing two kingdoms, mm-hmm. my kingdom and his. All right. But the personal abandonment and absolute trust is a declaration that I'm going to enter into one kingdom and live in that kingdom, and that's his kingdom. Mm-hmm. That's DNA. Mm-hmm. So uh, as we began to process this, then it filters into uh, the organization itself. We know we're an organism, but we have to have leadership. Part as part of that, it's mm-hmm. an it's an organization is part of organism. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't lead the organism. It follows the organism. It supports the organism. Mm -hmm. So if you take the original DNA of intimacy with Christ, vertical orientation, grace-driven, helping people come into an intimate relationship with Christ, and they do by way of lordship, which is personal abandonment, absolute trust, then what we see are leaders that are raised up in that culture. Mm -hmm. And then those leaders who are born in that culture, raised in that culture, then to begin to express that culture to others. Mm. And this is DNA. Mm. DNA is thoroughly from the beginning to how we operate. Mm -hmm. DNA operates around that.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, and I... I I can testify to that because, uh, of course, you, you mentored me in the journey from the very beginning. I didn't even know what it was. I knew it was something I was looking for. There's something, the missing thing was right. happening to me. Right. And I saw men all over Tulsa that seemed to be missing whatever this thing was as well. And then I started suspecting this might be the answer. Uh, well, I figured the only word I knew was discipleship was, was missing. But what I didn't know was it's more than that. The way to discipleship was the intimate abiding relationship with Christ, which when I was recruiting my first group, um, I was asking guys that were strong leaders because I wanted it to reproduce if it was what I thought it was. And most of them were kind of busy. You know, (laughs) most good leaders are busy and they didn't have time for another Bible study or especially a nine month process. But when I said, I don't know what this is, but the founders told me it's about an intimate abiding relationship with Christ. That's when they said, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Keep me on the list. I think I I need to check this yeah, out. Yeah. So it was missing in their life, their life too. But what I wanted to testify to also is that as I got to know you and started to see how you were trying to form the organization, I saw that you practiced what you preached. I mean that it wasn't just. Oh yeah, we, we do this in the journey, but when it comes to this, we're going to be business guys. Or we're going to mm-hmm. we're going to run it differently, and, uh, and you do see that happen sometimes in ministries and churches, and that they they're trying to run like a corporation. Uh, tell everyone to live by faith, but then run their run their organization like like a business, or whatever yeah, you know. Right. And I've always watched you strive very hard to keep everything about faith and about the spirit leading everything and all that, and I've I've seen it. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, it's our north star.
0: Yeah. You know, it's, you ask about who we are and why we are. Well, why we are is because it's needed. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's needed in the body of Christ. You know, words are important, Brian. And, you know, I think that over the last several years, we have a lot of discipleship programs. But the question is, are they producing disciples? Yeah. Right. Now, People say, well, if they go through the program, they, they're they a disciple, right? No, no. This is where definition comes in. You have to define disciple based on how Jesus defined his disciple. Now, there are a lot of believers, but there are very few followers. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are a lot, of, a lot of believers that operate in the third seed category where they can't bear fruit because they're so choked down with the cares of the world. I believe that they are bound for heaven. I do believe that they're saved by grace of God, but I believe what they are experiencing in their life is nothing, nothing compared to what they could experience if they were in the four seed condition where the soil is good, where they're able to reproduce ten and hundred fold. Mm-hmm. That's the life of a follower. Mm-hmm. That's the life of a disciple. That's the life of a laborer. And that's what God is wanting to produce. And he produces a disciple by proximity. We don't make disciples. Uh, We don't. What we do is we, our mission is to put a man or woman in close proximity with the Holy Spirit, with a union with him that is intimate, and that will produce a disciple. Mm. Right there. That's where it's formed. That's where transformation occurs. That's where reformation occurs. Mm-hmm. Is about proximity. So our mission is to get in proximity. That's our DNA. Mm-hmm. Our mission is to get people into close proximity with Christ. Now, there are a lot of great programs out there that, that churches and ministries are involved with. Everything from prison ministries to building houses to um, foreign missions and, and, and feeding the poor. And, and and they are inspired by God and that's their call. That's their mission. And that would be their DNA. Mm-hmm. Our DNA is to take people to close proximity with Christ and release them to their world. We don't try to control them. We think we enable them for their ministry. Mm-hmm. And their ministry has taken them into foreign mission work and taken them into building houses and taken them into feeding the poor mm-hmm. and taken them into areas that we tried to produce b- b- by man-made efforts. Yeah. And our effort is to get them to a place that transformation occurs, and then he takes them to those places where they serve. Mm-hmm. Our DNA is focused on that thing, that one thing to get them to a place that transformation can occur. Mm. Uh, I've often said that I'd love to take somebody through the journey and, and awaken their heart before they go to seminary mm-hmm. because uh, the advanced studies that they they have in seminary will be built on the foundation of the intimate relationship, and oftentimes it's not. Mm. Oftentimes it's just about the
1: pursuit of knowledge, and the heart doesn't come along with that. we had a guy that tell us just the other day that uh, he went to seminary, but he'd gone through the journey first. He said, if I hadn't gone through the journey, seminary would have ruined me. Mm -hmm. You know, he said I wouldn't have had the right balance, you know, and uh, he he said those very words just just a few weeks ago.
0: But it it, it awakened him. And, And again, I think that that's one of the things that is the missing link. And that is there is so much transformation that occurs in a in a believer's life. That they will take them from the early stages of belief, but to take them to a deeper place of following, and a true disciple, yeah. Based on how Jesus defines disciple.
1: Mm. Well, and and you know, just as far as you were talking about people living it out in a sense, you know, God, God knows about all the issues in the world. Mm-hmm. He knows about the pornography we were talking about that. He knows it's yeah. a major issue. That yeah. he knows there, he cares about this war going on in in Ukraine and Russia. He cares about all that stuff. And I think that he does use us to be part of the problem, you know. But but or to fix the problem, help fix the problem. Most of the time, we are the problem. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, if he can awaken his believers, then he will motivate us in the things we need to do. And some people are gifted to do help with certain things. Or and a lot of times, whatever you've been, been delivered from is something he'll use you to go help deliver yeah. other people from. You know. Uh-huh. So. Well, I
0: think most of us see ourselves as. Roy Rogers or John Wayne, but actually were Gabby Hayes. <laughs> I mean, people don't know Gabby Hayes, but they were, he was a sidekick that was, you know, not, around. He was not the hero. Right. And and, uh, and I think that we want to be the hero of the story um, based on our perspectives that we, that garner because of living in this world. But, uh, we need to, we need to reshape that. We don't want to be the hero. Jesus is the hero. Mm. We're, we're a supporting cast. Mm-hmm. And, and and we and this is the best we can do, and this is the best we can do because when we see ourselves that way and release ourselves that way, then he is able to take ordinary people like those fishermen around the Sea of Galilee mm-hmm. and a tax collector, and various other people that came along, ordinary people, and he can transform them into doing extraordinary things. But they were still ordinary. The day they died, they were ordinary people. Yeah. When it, whenever they lived, they lived as ordinary people. But great things were done through them because of DNA. Mm-hmm. And what is DNA? They walk with Jesus. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're trying to do:
1: is we're trying to teach people how to walk with Jesus as we walk with Jesus. Yeah. Well, and I heard you say, uh, I heard you say, spirit led. You know, the Holy Spirit's the one doing the disciple making. Mm-hmm. But I also heard you say an important term, which is grace driven. Mm-hmm. Let's camp out there for a minute on yeah. grace-driven, because that's an important thing, I think. I, it seems to me that a lot of people don't understand grace. Well, you'd
0: have to understand it through my grid where I was involved with discipleship programs that was not grace-driven. Okay. And uh, years ago, it was accountability-driven. Mm-hmm. It was rules-driven. It was, you have to do certain things driven to be signed signed off for completing the course. Mm-hmm. Uh and it was a course, it was a program. And, and many, many uh, programs are that way. Now that's not saying that the, the disciplines are, are, are bad because they're not, the disciplines are good. Verse memorization, uh, learning to share your, your faith in a, in a setting that's non-threatening, uh, to be able to walk people through uh, how to, how to, uh, how to uh, come into salvation. Uh, having basic assurances and verse memorization, scriptures, things like that. Those are all good. There's nothing wrong with them. But when they become uh, a, a, a accountability-driven, making people to do certain things, then they get they get a wrong view of it. Mm-hmm. They look at, at it more from a, a standpoint that I must do this because my leader requires it rather than I want to do this because my God Has blessed me with a road map here Mm -hmm. and so what we're trying to do is win hearts we're not trying to produce soldiers of discipline here Mm -hmm. we're trying to get people connected with that which can really change them what i saw about the other programs which were good in their own way is that we were trying to change people outside in yeah and if we could reform their habits, if we could hold them accountable, if we could keep them from doing certain things, if we could restructure their thinking, then they would be better. Well, you don't reach the heart that way. But if you reach the heart, the heart will change the person on the outside. Mm-hmm. But the outside doesn't necessarily change the heart. Right. And the Pharisees would have gotten that And if if that had been the case. right, Because they had all the disciplines, but their heart— Like Jesus said, you're like whitewashed tombs, Mm -hmm. sepulchers. Outside you look clean, inside you're dead. Mm -hmm. How many of us are that way? Mm -hmm. Inside we're dead, even though we have the disciplines outside that looks good. Mm -hmm. There's more to Christianity than that. There's more to Christianity than just the practice and the disciplines and managing sin the best we can to get to heaven. Mm -hmm. There's 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 a there is a victory that can be won with this flesh by surrendering it to the to to the Lord. Mm-hmm. That's where personal abandonment, absolute trust comes in because what happens in that place, he begins to reform us and he begins with a heart. Mm-hmm. He says, I'll take that heart of stone out of you and I'll replace it with a heart, my heart. Like he said of David, you are a man after my own heart. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so this is the process of abiding. Because when we abide in Christ, then the fruit of the Spirit, which is the characteristics of Jesus Christ, begins to float up and express in our, in our life to others. But it has to begin at the heart level mm-hmm. before it gets outside. Our mission, DNA, is to connect heart to heart. Mm-hmm. A man or woman's heart to the heart of God. Yeah, and when that's done, then the rest of the story is what he does with them, not what we do with them.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and I'm thinking about um, when you're leading a journey group, if you demonstrate a spirit-led, grace-driven life, it people notice. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's usually very foreign to people to to see somebody you know showing them, them grace. They're you know most men in particular you know, or performance oriented. You know, they feel like they gotta do all fill all the blanks and do everything or they're gonna disappoint somebody, you know, yeah. they're gonna get get in trouble, you know, or whatever. And when they taste a little bit of grace, sometimes it's amazing. Um, or if you're leading a region, if you're a regional director, you gotta have a lot of grace, you know, for yeah. for the men out there. And sometimes things aren't developing the way you, you know, you wish you were getting in more church. If you're an executive director, you have to have a lot of grace. Executive your director. Mind. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Or how about just leading your family? How about leading your family? Wow. Do, wow. Do, could we all have a little more grace for our spouses and mm-hmm. for our kids and you know I mean it's just it, it bleeds into like you said this earlier, it bleeds into all aspects of our life, right Yeah It's not just during a journey group or you know during the study. no, it's life. Well, you know one of the things that I've seen is that uh, we get
0: a new identity yeah and uh, and I will tell you that I've, I've been the one historically that beats up on himself more than anybody. And uh, the more I've gotten t- uh, to know Jesus and, and to desire to please Him, it's easy to fall into self-condemnation because I got plenty of, <laughs> of fodder to work with here <laughs> as I look at myself mm-hmm. make mistakes all the time. Uh, but one of the messages he's been giving me a lot lately is that you've got to give yourself grace if you're going to give others grace. And why don't you just uh, take my forgiveness? And let me clean you up and learn from this, and let's get keep going. I don't want to talk about your sin anymore. I don't want to talk about your tongue. You came to me, you repented, so let's go forward. And mm-hmm. this is the God of grace that we serve. Mm-hmm. And so when we start serving the God of grace or letting him serve us with that grace, then that filters into the way we deal with other people. Mm-hmm. It's just part of that uh, reformation that occurs in our life.
1: Yeah, yeah, we we learn to show our self grace, and and then we because we're tasting His grace for yeah, us, yeah. and then that allows us to show other people more grace.
0: Well, the joy of you know we're doing the commandments right, mm-hmm. and, uh, and yeah. one of the one of the commandments, uh, well, many of the commandments, but one of them was in particular was, um, you know, uh, do not judge, mm-hmm. and um, and, I, and I was reading that, I was thinking about, uh, boy, blow it. A lot on that one, especially with certain people, mm. and uh, and then I then I began to to understand that what God was saying to me is that you don't know you don't know what's going on with a person. You only see the surface of a person, and you make a snap judgment based on what you see. But you don't know what's driving that person. You don't know what's behind that person. Mm. And and I think that that what God has shown me. Is that whenever I do begin judging people, I forget the forgiveness that I was given. But then, when I begin to remember the forgiveness I was given, then I begin to quit judging people.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think it's all about that. I think I think what, it's this holy, intimate union with Him that teaches us how to view our world differently, mm-hmm. how to view people differently. Um, you know, enemies differently. Now I'll tell you, I got real hard thoughts on Putin right now. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've heard people close to me say they're praying that he'd be killed. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm praying that he'd be saved and taken away. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, this is a a disastrous thing that's going on there. Right. But we live in a world like that. And Jesus told us to love our enemies. Oh, yeah. Which is that's a tough one. Oh, gosh. I'd like to love him into heaven, but I would like him to get out of here pretty soon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> go to heaven quickly. Yeah, but you know, it's 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 it just again. I guess what we're saying is that we're back to DNA. Mm-hmm. DNA is about our intimate relationship with Christ. Then DNA is about our leadership. DNA is about what we're trying. Why we why we, who we are and what we do. Uh, DNA is our our North Star it guides us it, it DNA keeps us safe you know DNA keeps us focused D, DNA keeps us on a very narrow path that we've been invited to and the narrow path is walking with Jesus and all paths with Jesus are narrow mm-hmm. I mean we walk in a world and you, you when you walk with Jesus you see how foreign it is to the ways of the world
1: yeah. Completely. And that's why we're always challenged, yeah. Because we're bringing new people into the ministry all the time, as we invite new people to groups, and they're yeah. bringing that perspective back into our, in front of us. So all we, the time, we're always going to challenge.
0: And and if we don't have that DNA nailed down, then there will be pulled right and left because mm-hmm. of popular opinions and social things and this, that, and the other. But the truth is, is that we we have got to hold true to that which, that God gave us and invited us to in order to continue to be a part of a reproduction process that's an organism, and that that organism, as long as it's healthy, will continue to grow and reproduce, but it will get unhealthy in the hurry if we cast out the DNA of this ministry. Mm -hmm. Now here's how that could happen. Uh, Right now you have me, so I'm gonna be preaching DNA hard and heavy and have done for 20 years and the successor generation will be you and our global board and our and our regional boards have heard enough of it that you've adopted it but not just because you've heard it and you're trying to please me it's because you understand it yeah and you own it Mm -hmm. and you understand the importance of it and because of that you will be able to take it to the next generation Mm -hmm. now if anywhere along the line of the next several generations of leadership, that we do not make DNA the central focus of who we are and why we do what we do, then this ministry will go away. Mm -hmm. It could be successful, it could be financially well, it could build buildings, it could have major uh, applause because look how big and great it is, but the Holy Spirit will leave it. And it'll be a work of man rather than the work of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. And we want the DNA to be the work of the Spirit of this ministry for the next hundred years if we continue on. But we've got to
1: protect it. Mm -hmm. That's why we emphasize it so importantly. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And we've seen other ministries that have disappeared, you know, in the last 20, 30 years or whatever, you know, or churches that have gone by the wayside.
0: Well, I've seen so many of them along. They start small. Uh, they see a, a great work of God. Uh, they have a, a real pure heart, innocent heart. But uh, one of the one of the biggest problems is they get successful, and then they begin measuring themselves based on other parameters, but other ways. Mm-hmm. And the way that that's measurement is, is is growth, is how large you are, how big your buildings are, how many you have, and numbers and you know, how much money you got, this, that, and the other. And and then, when you start going down that path, it reforms you. It changes your perspective of why you do what you do and how you do it. And, you know, how we do things is always flexible, but why we do it is non-negotiable. You gotta always keep the why factor in there. Mm-hmm. As long as you can answer the why of what you do and how you do it, well, it's gonna be flexible, right? Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, how we do it and what we do becomes the success uh, barometer, mm-hmm. and then therefore we forget who we are and why we did it in the first place. Mm-hmm. I'm remi- remi- reminded of the Tin Man in, in the uh, Oz story. Yeah. Wizard of Oz. And the Tin Man, um, the, the story goes that he had a wicked witch that cursed him, and he was going out in the woods to build a, You know a cabin or house or cottage for the little maiden that he loved back in the village and he went out there as a woodworker to chop timber to build her house and and the the witch was jealous of his love for the maiden and so she cursed him and he cut his arm off so he went to the tenor and he had another arm made and then that that arm was stronger than the other one and the, the witch still cursed him and cut off the other arm and he had two made, and then all of a sudden he was stronger than he did. And then it, the next thing happened with his legs, and, and then his body was split right open, and then therefore he had all of that put back together, but the tenor left out his heart. Mm. And the interesting thing about it, he could work all day long. He didn't ever have to rest. All he had to do was avoid rain, just a little oil on him. He could keep going. He worked, and he worked, and he worked. Because he had no heart, he was a, He was a master of efficiency. He cared nothing except cutting that timber. But the problem is, because he had no heart, he forgot why he was there in the first place. Hmm. He forgot the love that he had for the maiden. Hmm. And uh, as a result of that, he lost his way. Hmm. He lost his identity. He lost his purpose. Now, that's a little children's story, but I think it's very relevant because I think that— we can lose our heart. We can become masters of efficiency. We could do a lot of great wood cutting and building buildings. Do a lot of great work out there. But if we lose our heart, we lose our way. Mm-hmm. And our DNA is our heart. Mm. So
1: we, we've got to protect our heart. We've got to protect our DNA. And if we do that, we will not lose our way. Yeah. Well, and I, I think, yeah, in Revelation, says that he came out of them because he said, you've forgotten your first love. Exactly. And <clears throat> they've forgotten the love for Christ. You know, and that it is. And that's all out of, about the heart relationship.
0: Yeah, I looked at that verse for a long time. It, uh, they forgot their first love for him, but I don't believe that was it. I think they forgot the first love, which was their his love for them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And when we forget the first love, which is his love for us, then, then we forget the grace that we were given. We forget the forgiveness we were given. We forget the reason why we have a relationship with him in the first place. And then it becomes an endeavor what I do for him rather than what he did for me. <clears throat> so we've got to go back to DNA. And the DNA is first love is his love for us.
1: Well, and the last thing I wanted to say is that for years I always wondered what, what Jesus meant when he said, I've come to give you life and give it to you abundantly. Mm-hmm. I always wondered, what is the abundant life? And and I, I've learned through the years, I I think I used to think it maybe it was possessions or you know, maybe a little bit of the health, wealth, and prosperity gospel oh, yeah. bleated yeah. into me. I don't know. But now I think what it is, it's the abiding life. The abiding mm-hmm. life is the abundant life yeah. that's just full of the fruits of the Spirit and peace and And uh, and a gracious life and one that helps other people. uh, That's, that's, to me, the abundant life, I think. And that's what we find Mm -hmm. when we find that intimate abiding relationship with Christ. Yeah, you're right on, Brian.
0: Everything that we would count as prosperous, uh, what if it's taken away from us? We have an abundant life. Mm -hmm. And we make Jesus a liar. Mm -hmm. Because, okay, he gave me these houses and he gave me these cars and he gave me this wealth. And then I lost it. You know, it was stolen, it eroded, it was devalued. So Jesus must be a liar because he took it away. Yeah. But that's not the way it works. You see, the abundant life is with it or without it. Yeah. Because they can't, they they can take your houses, they can steal your money, they can steal your property, but they can't steal what he gives, Mm -hmm. which is that intimate relationship with him. The abundance lies within him. Yeah, That's where abundance lies.
1: Well, we were in a meeting the other day and you quoted the uh, U2 song, I Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For. Right. And right. I love that song. And, mm-hmm. But I mean, that speaks to it. There's so many people out there who yeah. still haven't found, in, and we think we have found it. <laughs> yeah. We have found it, and it's in Jesus through that intimate abiding relationship. Yeah. That's, what, that's what everyone's looking for.
0: Well, I gave a brief uh, synopsis of my testimony with the staff one day. I pulled it out of the air, and I just told them that you know, I started out young as a child and, and, and thought that maybe, you know, getting to know Jesus by being baptized was, I'd found it, but I still hadn't found what I was looking for. Yeah. And then I went through that whole thing about being an athlete and being successful in that, and I still hadn't found what I was looking for. Being a businessman, being successful, still hadn't found what I was looking for. Even found the love of my life with Sally, but still hadn't found what I was looking for. But then when I began to go to John 15 and enter a journey into intimacy with Christ and come into that place, that I really trans- transitioned in that inner chamber. I can say I found not only what I was looking for, but what I was longing for. Mm, yeah, yeah. And now it's been several years and, and this is going to be with me from to eternity. Yeah. In funny. eternity. That's right.
1: All right. Well, we're out of time, Rocky, but I think that was good. It's always good to kind of get back to the basics of what we're all about, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, and just keep reminding because there are new people coming into the ministry all the time. And so they probably haven't heard all this stuff, you know, and so uh, we're, we're going to keep speaking it as, as often as we think we need to. But uh, thank you, Rocky. Um, for all you out there, I want to remind you, Rocky mentioned that we are uh, during this Lenten season, if you will, we're, uh, we're all taking some time to journal the commandments of Jesus. Uh, So you can find out information on that on our website, influencers.org. And uh, we're sending out in our abiding emails that go out uh, five days a week. If you're on that list, you'll get a reminder about what those are. If you're not on there, you can get hooked on that on our website as well. Um, Also, uh, if you're a woman out there and you're passionate about this ministry, uh, we are having a women's leadership summit April 7th through 10th. And uh, over near outside Tulsa, about an hour outside Tulsa, um so we there's still a few spots left as of this recording so if you uh this strikes your heart uh contact us and we'd like to get you hooked up on that as well so my my
0: wife and i are are going to that i'm looking forward to it
1: my wife and i as well yeah
0: i think it's going to be just um, an amazing uh, coming out party for the women yeah and uh, where where it goes from there i think it's going to be a, a a very large fruitful expression. We've been talking about this for years and it's finally
1: coming to reality.
0: So I'm excited about it and uh, I do encourage people to come to it that can. Yeah, awesome.
1: All right. Well, you've been listening to the Influencers Network podcast and uh, we do these to just keep fanning your flame uh, and your abiding and your discipleship efforts and all your journey groups out there. So anyway, thank you for tuning in today. I'm Brian Craig, Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries, encouraging you to abide in Christ and go make disciples. God bless you.